All right, let's bow our heads for prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you grateful that you saw us through this eventful week that we've had. Lord, that you've taught us so much in leaning on you for our necessities and our means. Lord, we take it for granted that we can be self-sufficient when all the time we have to be dependent on you. Lord, I just lift up each and every one of our prayer requests. Lord, you know each and every need and those needs that were not spoken. Lord, we thank you for the work that you're doing in each and every one of our lives and those around us and in our community. Lord, we lift up each and every one. We ask, Lord, that as you uh, show up here this morning, that you, you do a work in each heart that's here and, and open each eye and each ear that we may hear and see what you have for us and sh to show us here this morning. Lord, I just pray these things in your name that we ask it. Amen. Turn with me this morning to the book of Acts. Is that better? Turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Who you heard, Bob? <coughs> Acts chapter two. It says in, there in Acts chapter two and verse one, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, to begin with, they all were with one accord. I want you to understand and, and realize how important it is for the church to be of one accord. We hear example after example after example, or you have heard, I'm not saying there's any at this moment, but of churches all around or that you may know of or be aware of that, that there's always this turmoil going on. And I want you to understand that's unhealthy. I'm thankful we don't have to deal with that. Because it's important for God's people to be of one accord. For, for Him to do the work in, in this family or in His family, in the church family, we must be of the same mind. And from the very outset, it says right here, it says they, they were all with one accord in one place. Important. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of, a rushing, uh, as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as if the Spirit gave them utterance. God showed up, didn't He? He showed up in a mighty way. He can still show up in that mighty way right here. But we must all be of one accord. We That one accord must be that we're all seeking His divine guidance and leadership in our life, both personally, professionally, and for this church body. And we have a responsibility to one another 
then if, 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 if we start seeing division in this church family, that we, we speak up and work it out. Thank the Lord we don't have that to deal with, or that I know of. We don't have that to deal with. But it is so important that we take note right here that for, for, for this church family, any church family, to grow and God to use us and, and, and be what He's called us to be, we must remain as one accord. If we have three or four different ideas of, of what should be going on, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. That one accord must be seeking Him and what He wants us to do. Not what any one of us or any few of us think we ought to be doing. But in that we must be seeking constantly and praying and, and, and asking Him to show us what He would have this church to do. That's the only way it's going to work. That's the only way we're going to be what He's called us to be. Is to let Him lead us in one accord. Verse 5, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when the uh, sound occurred, just so y'all know, I got brand new bifocals. So I may have to go to the big Bible. Let me go ahead and get it. In case... And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and were marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all of these who speak uh, Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in their own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes, and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in their own tongues, and wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all of who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and, and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, they're hearing all this and they're and then they start mocking it, right? You say, well, shame on them. Well, I'm going to tell you something. We aren't any better. When, 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 we, when someone does something out of our comfort zone, don't we start having little negative thoughts and things run through our, maybe little judgment thoughts run through our head? Huh? I'm telling you, I, I, I've witnessed it. I've had it. I've, I've done it my own self. When 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 I'm somewhere or even here, and somebody does something, it may just be raising their hand. 
We're all deadbeat Baptists. I'm telling you. First thing, what in the world is he doing back there? Well, I'm going to tell you something. There ain't nothing wrong with it. Y'all know, I, sometimes I, I, and I, I think y'all are all sitting out there saying that about me. What's he doing? Sometimes I want to run out there with a hot shot and get all of y'all make you get up and holler. We got things to be excited about. Just because we're Baptists don't mean we can't shout. Just because we're Baptists don't mean we can't praise Him. But we all act like we got our hands chained to our side. But this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. They ain't here talking about tongues. But they start mocking. And said, oh, that's not real. But I, I want us to see that the, those same attitudes that, that we see right here, we find in ourselves. And each and every one of us, God gives us a different way in which we praise Him. And, and if, if that praise and that worship is genuine, not a thing in the world wrong with it. Not a thing in the world wrong with it. Verse 17, and it shall come to me. Let's see, let me back up to 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass that in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Well, I don't know about you, but I still am convinced we're in the last days. The last days. And, 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 and I'm convinced that my Bible is 100% correct. And that the Spirit of God, it says right here, is going to be poured out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maid servants and on my uh, and on my maid men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above. And signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, there's a whole lot right there in those few verses. There is a whole lot right there in those few verses. I will pour out my spirit, he says, on all flesh. I, I, I have told you time and time again, I expect a great revival before Jesus takes us home. I expect a great revival that we will get to see. Now, I'm no prophet. He ain't told me that. Okay? Don't misunderstand what I'm telling But I just have this unction and have had that we're going to get to see a great revival before we're taken home. And he says here, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Well, listen, everybody out there holding revivals ain't Baptist. It don't matter what you are. unless The only thing that matters is if you're saved or if you're lost. It doesn't matter what's on the sign out there. Forget it. Throw it away. Are you saved or are you lost? Is the preacher 
rightly dividing the word of truth or not. I don't care if he's Pentecostal Catholic. I don't care if he's Baptist. I don't care what he is. If he's rightly dividing the word of truth, you better pay attention. Period. Doesn't matter what's out there on the sign. It doesn't matter what denomination you pay to. It, it matters whether truth, the, the, the gospel is coming out of, out of the pulpit. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Some of us have an issue with that. The Bible says in the last days, isn't that what it says? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I got slapped in the face with it. I'm just going to tell Because I have a real issue sometimes when, when I hear so-and-so is a prophet. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you to believe everything you hear. Okay? When somebody says they are this or they are that. But what I am telling you is it's not beyond God to have one here. Because this Bible says in the last days it, we're going to have some of these. Okay? Your responsibility, my responsibility is to listen to what they say, take it to the Word of God and figure out if it's right or wrong. It's not to take their word for it. Okay? But, but it is to go research and listen to what they say and go, go line it up with the Bible and then just wait and see. Don't cast it away unless it's false and you can immediately identify it as being false. According to God's word. But but instead, listen to what they have to say, go line it up with the word of God, and and and, and be open to it could be true, unless you can identify that it's false. But my Bible says we're gonna have these kind of folks in the last days. We're gonna have people who dream dreams that God speaks to them in dreams. It's, real, it's always been a real quick turnoff for me when, when, I, when I heard somebody say, well, God spoke to me in a dream and said, oh, I'm here, whatever. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's, not, that's the wrong attitude to have. That's the wrong attitude to have. But instead, I've got to be open to that and be, be receptive to that, not taking it for, what, for, for their word, but be receptive to it and... and and wait and see if, if what they said, if, if God has something for me in that. But I better not just cast it to the side and say, oh, that's blasphemy. Make sense? I will show wonders in heaven above. He'd been doing that, hadn't he? And signs in the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Until he returns, souls are going to be saved. And he's not going to come back until the last one he, is, he has preordained to get will be gotten. 
So you, you, you can quit trying to figure out when he's coming. Because only he knows that time. That ought to give you great hope. You got family members that you wish would get saved. You got friends that you wish would get saved. That ought to give us great hope. Keep praying. Keep seeking him. Because he clearly tells us that, that not one will be left that he that he is elect. So I don't know how much time we got, but I know what my responsibility is is keep praying for them folks. Keep, keep lifting those folks up before the throne of God and asking Him to save them. To draw them and, and, and pour out His grace on their life and open their eyes and ears of understanding so that they might see and they might be saved. Because there's plenty of time until He returns. Verse 22, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, Wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst, and as yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and have put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you should have joy just being saved. say, well, i got all this stuff, bad stuff going on in my life. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you're a child of God, that, that little uh, excerpt of scriptures right there says that I can still have joy in those circumstances. Why? Because I know that my God is not going to let me forsake me. We're clearly told we're, we're going to have those trials and tribulations. But we're also promised that if we're His, we're not going to be forsaken. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Verse 29, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you out of the patriarch, uh, of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of, the, of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, of which we are all witnesses, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David not, did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit on my, at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. 
Think there's not victory in Jesus? Think there's not victory in Jesus? Sure there is. Sure there is. And, and, and when He pours out that Holy Spirit in your life to live inside of you and dwell inside of you, you can't help but have some joy. I don't care what you're going through. Let me tell you something. I found myself this week feeling pretty sorry for myself at times. But I quickly found joy in my circumstances because God used this week to teach me things. Not just about how to survive in the cold, wet snow. But He clearly, clearly showed me whom I'm to, to depend on. And He clearly showed me that He was going to take care of us. Some of us didn't have any means of heat at all. I'm going to tell you something. It got pretty cold in my house. I can't imagine yours. Because I had a fireplace. And those moments when I tried to get wrapped up in my circumstances and, 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 and get low, He quickly reminded me, listen, this is nothing. You're not, you're not suffering anything compared to what I suffered on the cross. Oh, but I felt pretty sorry for myself. We haven't experienced one thing that, that, that would match up to the suffering that He experienced for us on the cross so that we might live. Not so we might be warm or comfortable, but so that we might have life. Real life. Eternal life. Pretty easy to find joy in that when, when, when you think about it, isn't it? By George, I believe I'd suffer through another week of a blizzard. But, but our old human nature and our flesh, and, and it, it wants to take us into a, a pity party in our circumstances and get our focus off of God. And that's just one example, but, but that's what our circumstances do, doesn't it? They have a way of, of, of pulling our focus off of God and what God's doing through that in our lives to grow us. Or, or through our circumstances what that pull us away from that one accord in this body. To, to disrupt our focus of what God's called this church to do. You've got to guard against those things. Each and every one of us have to personally guard against that because the Bible says we're all a member of the body, right? I'm probably the little toe. Y'all are all much more important pieces, I'm sure. But we all fit together. Have you ever tried to walk with a broke toe? I'm going to tell you, I don't know how many times I broke my little toe, kicked it on something in the middle of the night. But think about that for a minute. If one of the members of the body is out of accord, it doesn't move around very fast, does it? Or, or, or very well. Or 
in unison. Thirty six. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said, Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's funny how it always ends back up to what? Repentance. Nothing, not one thing can move forward in your life or anyone's life until repentance for those sins have taken place. That's been the answer from the beginning of time to the end of time. Is repentance. For the promise is to you in 39 and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. See, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they're not sitting right here in Cayuga Baptist Church this morning. It doesn't matter. The Bible clearly says that God will reveal His self to each and every one, that there will not be one that doesn't know and hasn't had the opportunity. Afar off. That don't mean crossroads. That means wherever. For the promise to you and to your children is to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted to them saying be saved from this perverse generation. Wouldn't you like to be standing there and see how perverse that generation was in compared to this one? I think ours is pretty perverse. <laughs> but I'm sure it's, it was, it's no more perverse than theirs. Because you, you know why? There's, we don't have new sin now. Sin is sin. We don't have new sin. Sin's an attitude. The fruits of those attitudes are what what are, are what you see in different in different things. But sin is sin. But oh, I'd like I'd like to hear Peter's thoughts on what what the world we live in now. I can tell you, I know the answer. Be the same. Repent. Repent. That's the only answer. And with many, in verse 40, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. You want you you want you want to know when you can look and tell when somebody's got a child of God and gotten saved? When the things that they have don't mean anything to them and they'll give them away. When they'll give them away. When they'll share them with anybody that needs them. And I saw a lot of that this week. I don't know about you. I saw a lot of that this week. But, but that is a fruit of a child of God. Not coveting stuff. Let me read it again. Starting in 44. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. There, there's that one accord again. They had all things in common. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. They shared anything they had with one another. I'm going to tell you something. As the days to the end get nearer, I promise you there's going to be a whole lot more of that. I promise you there's going to be a whole lot more of that. Where we have to, God's people have to share in what they have. Funny story, probably funny to you. It was sincere to me. I started my garden. Boy, I was all... David Kelly had me jammed up to get my garden going. I prayed over that garden. I did. I'm going to do it again when I start over. But I prayed over that garden and I said, Lord, let this, let this be a blessing in that I can share it with your people. And I, I sincerely mean that. I'm not going to grow in that garden just for me. May not nothing. I may not get the first fruit out of it. But I asked God to, to bless that garden in that I could share it with His people. And I don't just mean these people. Because in my mind, that's the right attitude to have. What am I going to do with that garden makes and I, with all that food? We just, we just learned how to make hot sauce last year. We don't know how to can. We're trying. Nor do I have enough freezers to put it in. But I, I firmly believe that as time gets closer to the end that God's people are going to have to share a whole, whole lot more of what they have with each other. I'm ready. I'm willing. There's anything I got down there you can come get. And I'm not just standing up here telling you that. I hope that I, I hope I live by that example. If I don't, you need you need you need to check me. Forty six. So continuing daily with one accord, boy that one accord keeps coming up, doesn't it? In the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Simplicity of heart. What does simplicity of heart here mean? 
one focus on God. All, their, all the only concern should be about on God and His will for us. Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Want to know how church grows? There it is in Acts chapter 2. That's how church grows. That's how it gets added to. Is with, with the people being of one accord and that accord being solely focused on God and His will for what they are called to be, rightly dividing the word of truth, sharing in God's love evenly with everybody you come in contact with or, in, or, or who are in need. Ooh, I got tongue tied. And he's going to bless it and grow it. And you can't imagine the joy that'll be on the ride. Well, I'm thankful we don't have some of these issues. But it doesn't change the fact that we need to be reminded from time to time that they're out there. And that they can creep in if we're not careful and, and, and guard against it. And how do we do that? By making sure our personal attitudes are right. Don't worry about everybody else. Just make sure your attitudes are right. My attitudes are right. And we'll stay in one accord. And in God's time, His perfect time, He'll keep blessing Keep blessing and keep growing. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Oh, we praise you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your examples in Scripture. Lord, we, we thank you for the answers to any question that we might have. Lord, again, I lift up each and every prayer request that, that is out there, those that we may not even know about. We don't need to know about, Father, because you know about them. Lord, and I just ask and pray that You would just continue to pour out Your Holy Spirit on each and every one that is represented here today and in this church. Bring a revival, Father. Bring revival. That we may throw open the doors and share Jesus with whoever may come in. It's not about us. It's only about You, Lord. Let us remember. Let us keep that focus. Don't let pride creep in as it so easily can. It's all about the Son. We just ask that You would continue to bless us. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one here in this church, in this community. I ask for Your protection, Your guidance, and Your direction. Lord, you move our feet. You put the words in our mouth. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.